Lord Jesus, thank you for the blood that you shed. Thank you that we can come together and remember that without your sacrifice, without the broken body, without the shed blood, we would be lost in our sin. And that all eternity would be one of separation from, from you. I thank you, Father, for each person here, and I thank you that you are working in each of us. And I ask, Father God, this morning that you would bless this time, that your word would transform us, and that you would create something new in us. I ask that you'd be with the, the children as they go downstairs that they would be able to rejoice and learn and also be transformed. Thank you for this time. And may we always remember the sacrifice, paying the price for our sins. In Christ's name, amen. Children, It's the 4th of July, if you didn't know that. We're celebrating the birthday of the United States. Everyone here, I believe, I, I don't know for absolute certain, but my guess is that everyone here is a citizen of the United States. We also know that men and women have paid dearly for us to have the freedoms that we enjoy. One of those freedoms is that we can come together like we are this morning. We can freely gather around the Word of God and fellowship as believers. Those in the military have chosen to demonstrate their citizenship by their sacrificial service. So I'd like if, if you have served in the military or you have children serving, or who have served, would you please stand so that we can applaud your citizenship? It is an amazing honor that we have those that are willing to display their citizenship by serving in the military. Thank you. This whole idea of citizenship is very important. Citizenship is obtained in two ways. A person is born into citizenship, or a person immigrates to a new country and goes through a process to become a citizen. I have met in my travels, and especially in the time that I worked at the university in Colorado, um, people who have held dual citizenship, which is a, a legal citizen of two countries. It's unique. I met one man um, while I worked at the university who had triple citizenship. Sometimes he kind of... So he was a citizen of the United Kingdom. He was a citizen of the United States... And I've tried to remember, I think it was the Ivory Coast, but I'm not positive, uh, one of the smaller countries in, in Africa. And he had 
legal citizenship in those three countries. That's unique. This morning, if you are here and you are a believer, if you're watching this morning and you're a believer, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, you also have dual citizenship. You are a citizen of the United States, for most of it, because you were born here. But you're a citizen of heaven because you're a believer. Paul writes of citizenship in chapter 3 of Philippians, beginning in verse 20. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of His glory by the exertion of the power that He has even to subject all things to Himself. In that passage, the word that is translated citizenship refers to a place a person's official status is, a place where a person's name is recorded as a citizen. And early in church history, early in human history, you begin to see these these places where names were recorded. The citizenship was recognized. It's interesting If you think that through, the names of believers are recorded in heaven. Heaven is is where our Father is. Heaven is where our Savior is. And heaven is where our inheritance is. That's where our citizenship is. Now, probably all of us, I would think most everyone, I don't know all of you in enough detail, but my guess is that In this room, we were born into citizenship in this country. We are citizens of the United States by birth. Our citizenship in heaven is also because of birth, rebirth. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Citizenship in heaven. Paul says that that place, that inheritance, is imperishable, undefiled. It's never going to go away. And in Philippians chapter 3, Paul says we are eagerly awaiting for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are we eagerly waiting? So I asked her to put fireworks behind that, and what I really wanted was for it to be animated, you know. This is one of those mornings where it would be nice if I had a little pyrotechnic up here on the stage. Maybe not. We eagerly await... Because Jesus is going to do something. There's something we're waiting for. One of those is that He will transform us. He's going to glorify us in such a way that our our body, whatever that looks like, is going to be perfected so that we can be in heaven, in, in that perfection of paradise for all of eternity. 
These bodies that we carry with us right now can't do that. So there's going to be a transformation. That transformation will also be spiritual. Those who by God's grace and faith in the work of Jesus are saved from eternal damnation. And because of that, we have an eternal perspective. We have a fabulous future perspective. Part of that perspective is this desire that as believers, especially as we mature in our spirituality, we desire to hear Jesus say, well done. I want to hear him say that. I, I, I so much want to be accepted in such a way that he goes, you did so well. Well done. Wouldn't that be, isn't that exciting to think of? You're standing in front of Jesus, the, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the, the creator of the universe. And he says, well done. Wow. The believer with this perspective of heaven, overflows with a desire to be in heaven with Jesus. We look with eager expectation, knowing that this place, life on earth, is not our home. This is not my home. This is not our primary place of citizenship. That, that, that gentleman I told you about earlier with the three, three passports, his primary citizenship was in Great Britain, was in, in, in the United Kingdom. That's where his primary citizenship was. He was legal in the other two, but that's where he longed for. That's, that was his longing, if you will. Our longing is for heaven. We belong to the kingdom of God. That's where our citizenship is at. That's the citizenship that matters. The author of Hebrews writes this in chapter 11. By faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. So Abraham was looking forward. He's looking for what? He's looking for heaven. He's looking for where his citizenship really resides. Heavenly citizenship is, is incredibly more valuable than any other citizenship. And the reason is because it won't end. Every other nation, every nation on earth will come to an end. Our great nation will come to an end. But Christ's heavenly kingdom will never end. So our citizenship in that eternal kingdom will never end. It cannot be revoked. It can never be taken away. It will never end. You are a citizen of heaven as a believer forever. There's a difficulty that we face as citizens we talk about it often, we've talked about it often lately as we've gone through the Beatitudes. The society in which we live is consumed with pleasurable emotions. We, we want pleasure, we want to feel good about things much more than meaningful accomplishments. <coughs> Excuse me. 
Our society is more about the pursuit of instant gratification. That instant gratification is kind of the way of life. We want what we want, and we want it now. Our culture has really no place for delayed gratification. And as citizens of heaven, we really have this delayed gratification thing going on because we know that's where we're going to go, and we have that expectation and that longing for it, but that's then. So we have to wait. This kind of indolence, this... This pursuit of of happy emotions. It finds its way into the church. And the church struggles then with apathy and and lack of commitment. It's kind of where we live in this culture. It's easy for our lives to be so connected to earth that we lose sight of our heavenly home. We live more as citizens of earth than citizens of heaven. I really want us to get a a reminder and a grasp of our heavenly citizenship. The reality of who we really are. We need to remember that in doing this, and as, as God in His Word has called us citizens of heaven... There's a battle going on. There's a a holy war taking place. I think we lose sight of that as well. Ephesians 6 is a familiar passage that gives us some information that obviously relates to this war. It's a familiar passage. It gives some details. Ephesians 6, 11 through 20. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand there for having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains." that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. As believers, we fight the battle with the truth of the gospel. In this battle, our motivation and determination come from our, our, our heavenly perspective. Why in the world would we go into this battle if we didn't have some reason? What's the reason? The reason is because we know the future and we know what that is. We're citizens of heaven. We know the truth. 
We know the future. And that's, that's our motivation. We also know the future in such a way that we know that God has left us here for a reason. We remain here with a purpose. And I think there's a good way that we can recognize that purpose in this passage in Ephesians. It's something that Paul speaks of about himself in verse 20, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly. Paul is saying, I'm an ambassador. Now he's speaking of himself, but we're going to see from another passage, this is us. Like Paul, we have the same purpose. We are here to be ambassadors. We're citizens of heaven. And as citizens of heaven, we're ambassadors. We're also waiting to return. We're waiting, waiting with great expectation to return to our country. Returning home after traveling. I don't know how many of you have ever done worldwide travel, but... I was coming home, I, I'm suspecting, I can't remember for sure, but it may have been coming back from one of my trips to, to India. And the plane flight also took me from California to Colorado, so I was also coming from that foreign country. And I remember the, the flight, and we're coming, and all of a sudden we're coming over the mountains of Colorado, and we're going to fly into the DIA, and my, my heart and the emotion was, was so intense. I'm home. I wonder if we ever have that feeling about our heavenly home, where our citizenship is at. While we're in this country as, a, as Americans, you know, we have a citizenship in the United States, we have responsibilities. Right? Well, we have responsibilities as citizens of heaven. And our greatest responsibilities as citizens of heaven is as ambassadors. What's an ambassador? An ambassador is the highest ranking representative of the leader of a country. That's how it's defined. Ambassadors are highly trusted, a good manager, and dedicated, respected representatives of all the aspects of the country that sends them. And Jesus and God and the Word of God, it says that's what you are. You are a representative of the kingdom of God. You are a representative of God. Being an ambassador then is incredibly important. It's a fantastic honor. We got a room full of ambassadors. Paul combines our birth with our role as ambassadors in Second Corinthians chapter five, seventeen through twenty. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. 
Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were entreating through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We are ambassadors. Not some of us, not only certain ones, not those of us who just stand up on Sunday mornings and other times and preach. Every believer is an ambassador of Jesus Christ and the kingdom. Believers, Paul says, are new creatures. We're reborn as citizens of heaven. That word new in verse 17, it means new in quality, not in sequence. Your quality, you've been reborn to be an ambassador. You've been reborn as a citizen of heaven. This old, the old self, the old sinful man has been made new and and righteous because of the work of Christ. This miracle of transformation, on the one hand, was instantaneous. Boom! You accepted Christ. You were accepted in the heavenlies. Your citizenship has been made. But on the other hand, that transformation is also a lifelong process of sanctification. So as ambassadors, we're still going through the process of of learning and, and growing and sanctification. Every believer is an ambassador. And as ambassadors, we represent the eternal kingdom of God. We represent that kingdom by carrying with us everywhere we go the message of truth. As ambassadors, we come with the message of hope for the guilty, the truth of the sacrificial death and resurrection of Jesus that paid the price due every sinner. God has honored us with the work of an ambassador, bringing reconciliation to the world. Reconciliation is really the work of every believer. And... and, and, and The reality is, yeah, reconciliation is a work of God. But that work includes using His people. God uses each one of us. We represent the kingdom of God. God uses us as messengers of the truth of the kingdom. This is... Fourth of July. This is the Fourth of July weekend, and, and we in, enjoy good food. I, I, I picked on Larry earlier. He's still here. I'm, you know, I always enjoy on these days. You know, when we get the barbecue, some good old Steinley beef. Yeah, woohoo! Got family. Families getting together. There's the the launching of fireworks. I tried to find out from Rick in first service exactly how many he's going to launch tonight. Those are the things we do. We're, why? Because we're celebrating the birth of our country. We're celebrating our citizenship. We do those things to celebrate this great country. And this is, this is the great country. I mean, isn't it? There aren't very many countries that people are fighting over to get into. So here we are, 
But there's another thing that we need to remember that's even more important. Think about the celebration in heaven when a sinner, one sinner, just one sinner comes to Christ. There's this huge celebration. The citizens of heaven go, go nuts. They go crazy over one. Jesus said in Luke 15, 7, Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. What, more joy? How much joy is there in heaven? What does that look like? How can you perceive that? What goes off inside of you when you think of joy in heaven? A bunch of angels partying? What kind of fireworks do they have? I wonder, because Jesus is there and because God has left us here, does heaven appeal to us? Yeah, yeah, heaven. Do, Do you long for your eternal home? You, you and I are ambassadors and, and one day, the one who sent us will call us back home. And what an Independence Day that will be. I want to finish with something. I wrestled a lot with this because it's a long passage. But I think we need a reminder. And we need to, we need to stir ourselves up a little bit. And the best way I could find to do that is the Word of God. That we would be stirred up to think in terms of our heavenly citizenship. Where we're going. What's in the future. We know. This is from Revelation. He, uh, John describes... Our place of citizenship. So let's listen to these words and let's get excited about the fact that we are citizens of the kingdom of God. Revelation 21, beginning in verse 9. Then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues and spoke to me saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels And on the gates, the names of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. On the east, three gates. On the north, three gates. On the south, three gates. And on the west, three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations. And on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And the one who spoke with me had a measuring rod of gold. To measure the city and its gates and walls. The city lies four square. Its length the same as its width. And he measured the city with his rod. Twelve thousand stadia. Its, its length and width and height are equal. He also measured its wall. 
144 cubits by human measurement, which is also an angel's measurement. The wall was built of jasper, while the city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysophate, the eleventh jacinthine, the twelfth amethyst, and the twelve gates were twelve pearls each of the gates made of a single pearl. And the streets of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and honor of the nations. But nothing unclean will enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. And the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed. But the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and His servants will worship Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more, and they will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Amen. That is the place of our citizenship. That is the place that we long for. That's the future that we have as believers. That's our home country. Citizens of heaven, rejoice and celebrate who you are in Christ and the future that God has prepared for you. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. And take your ambassadors home. Father, thank you for the glory that you've displayed and revealed to us. Thank you for what you've given to us through Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that you have given us access into your throne that you have given us through the blood of Jesus a future in your presence, that that, there's no words that can describe your glory. Holy Spirit, 
stir us up that every moment of every day we would be consumed with looking forward to returning home to the glorious place we call heaven. Thank you, Jesus, for being our King, our Savior. I ask, Father God, that you would help us. Holy Spirit, use us to be ambassadors of the kingdom. The kingdom of the creator of the universe. Go with us. Take us where you want us to go as ambassadors that we would proclaim the truth of your kingdom and the truth of the one who sent us. In Christ's name, amen.